My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Hey friend, do you find the emptiness stage full of change and questions and just find yourself not really sure what to do? Well, today in episode 36, we're going to talk about how do we keep our feet on Jesus when everything around us seems to be shifting. I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional, 31 Days Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life, so let's help each other figure out what to do next, because we're not done yet. The empty nest years are full of change. Some of it, I have to say, I really enjoy. I enjoy not having to cook as much quantity of food or having the same amount of laundry, but there are also a lot of other changes and it can feel unsettling and it can feel like we have to refine our place to stand. Today, we're going to talk about how to abide in Jesus as everything changes. Abiding in the Lord is something that we see throughout scripture. But what does it mean to abide? To abide is to make our home there, is to dwell in God. And so maybe everything around us is changing, but we are settled and stayed and protected in the Lord. I'm getting ready to experience a huge change. We are going to be selling our home that we have been in almost 19 years. And we are going to be going and moving into the city, cutting our square footage in half, going from a three-car garage to no garage. And we're doing it on purpose. We don't have to do it. We're not being forced to. We're making a strategic decision to downsize, to um, cut expenses, to live in a way that will hopefully free us up to serve the Lord better in these years of our life. But it's a huge change and it's a challenge. So it's really got me thinking about the spiritual application of doing the same thing. You know, I think about my dream home. I love thinking about my dream home. I love Fixer Upper and all those, those shows. Part of it, I believe, is that I truly enjoy watching beauty come from ashes, something that looks terrible, having all this work put into it. And it's this gorgeous home for, you know, when they put up those numbers, do you ever wonder when they put up the numbers about the renovation, how low those numbers are? Because we're going through a renovation right now. And I just want to say, I don't think those numbers they put up on TV are very accurate. But when I think about my dream home, I can, I can picture it. It's got lots of windows. It's got big porches and a big backyard. And somewhere in that house is a room that's a library and a study. And it's got bookshelves that go up to the ceiling and extra points. If there's one of those ladders that has the thing that you roll back and forth so you can get to those books on the top shelf, that would be my dream home. But I'm being challenged right now by the Lord to look at what is my dream? Is it for a place 
here on this earth? Because more and more, the older I get, the more I'm convinced this is not my home. I was created for a home, and it's one that is being built for me in eternity. This is a place that I am passing through. I'm a stranger and alien and traveling on my way home to my father. As we are going through this approach to moving into a new home, God is reminding me over and over again that this is not my place to find my ultimate satisfaction. I need to find my satisfaction in him. Just like in John 15, 4, it says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And that's a real challenge for me if I really take a step back and really look at my heart and life, because it's really easy for me to put my roots down in other things than Jesus, my own comfort, my own success in things that are finding success of my children or of accumulating things. But that's not the fruit that I want to produce. I want to produce fruit for the Lord, particularly now in these last years of my life. I don't mean like I'm on death's door and, you know, unless Jesus wants me, but the reality is that I do know I'm approaching 60. You're just, I get more aware. I'm assuming everybody else at this age does too, that we're kind of coming up on some of our last laps. I mean, that's the deal. And I want to make strategic choices for these last laps to be as fruitful as possible. So keeping my feet in Jesus, being planted in the vine is the only way that is going to happen. As we move, the Lord is assuring me, and and we haven't moved yet, but we are preparing right now. We are getting ready to start this major downsizing and, and getting the house ready for the sale. And all of that can be very unsettling. But the Lord has assured me that He is my foundation. My foundation has never been a place. It is a person. And He never changes. He never moves. He never leaves He never looks away. My security is him, my rock. And in a weird juxtaposition of ideas and a mix of metaphors, I can have my feet planted on the rock while I'm traveling down the path with him. That's the thing. I can do both at the same time. I can abide in him and I can go and follow and seek and do the things that he calls me to do in this season of life. I love the words abide and dwell in scripture. And two scripture that mean a lot to me in those ideas are Psalm 91.1 and Psalm 15.1. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And Psalm 15, one says, Oh Lord, who may abide in your tent, who may dwell on your holy hill. And between those two verses for abide and dwell, there are four different Hebrew words, but I love the picture that they paint. And I won't tell you all the Hebrew words because I might pronounce them incorrectly. And so I'll just tell you what some of the meanings are that come out of those words. The words that are used for dwell and abide in those two verses Talk about stopping, staying permanently, turning aside from the road, especially like with strangers, finding hospitality, finding a place to sit down, to remain, to inhabit. One besides meaning inhabit also means stubborn. We can stubbornly inhabit and stay with God. 
But we also know that Jesus tells his disciples and us to go into all the world, to proclaim his name, to make him known. And that's not going to happen while I hide in my tent going, oh, it's just me and Jesus and we're happy. I don't have the opportunity to sit away if I am seeking the Lord. So I've been looking for a picture of what does this mean as I'm in this transition of my physical life and my transition of my station of life coming into the empty nest. I've been thinking about what does this mean with my walk with Jesus? And I have come up with a new picture. Instead of me hunkering down on the rock, I see the rock of Jesus being where my feet are, but my abode is less like my dream home. And it looks more like a trailer. It's mobile. It's light and lean, and it goes wherever the Lord directs me to go. And that has helped me to lose some of my bonds, the things that I'm hanging on to with both fists to this world and think, okay, Lord, I do want my feet planted on you, that when the rains came down and the waters come up, that I am not washed away, that I am on the foundation of Jesus. But I also want to go everywhere you tell me to go, whether it's next door to my neighbor or it's somewhere on the other side of the globe. I want to keep my feet planted only on Jesus, but I want to be ready with my feet on him to be everywhere he wants me to be. This new season of the empty nest is an opportunity. I talked about in the last episode, episode 35, about following your passions in this time of life. And it's not like, oh, follow your heart. It's more like, hey, what is God laying on our hearts so hard that we need to go and do it? It's where can we minister? Where can we love? Where can we serve? That we want to find. What is that thing in our heart that moves us to want to serve in these days? We can redefine the empty nest and we can see it as this opportunity to go out in him. So next week in episode 37, I'm going to talk about this great scriptural picture of how it is following the Lord because it is often full of unexpected turns. And if we're not aware of that, we're going to just sit down and say, thank you very much. I'll just stay right here and not move until you return. But if we are ready for his unexpected leading, then who knows all the incredible places he can take us. Until then, follow the Lord. Where is he calling you to go? Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 